0: Hey, how's it going? Not too bad, how was yourself? I am doing all right. I'm just gonna double check to make sure. Haircuts looking sharp. Oh, thank you. Yes, I got my, uh, my haircut. Well, that's there's like a perfect bulge. All right, we're live. Let's make sure the audio is good. A little quiet. Advanced audio properties. Okay. All right. That should be better. I might have to uh, take like a super quick phone call. Uh, in the middle, just you know. Okay. Dealership's calling me about my car. Gotcha. No worries. Alrighty smoking tonight i do not know don't know unlabeled an enigma wrapped in tobacco leaf i'm doing a la herencia cubana nice but it's like 88 89 or something like that and the real feel is over 90 right now so worm yeah it's uh about the same over here i don't know exactly but in the 80s i am drinking sparkling water nice i didn't have any so (laughs) i just have regular water do you drink the cascade ice sparkling water i don't know if i've had it before oh i've had smirnoff ice But I, yeah. I think I've had Cascade Ice. Is it good? I think so. Okay. I think it tastes the best out of any sparkling water I've had. Uh, have you had Spindrift? Yeah, no, it's. I think sorry, that's the best drip. I've had so far. It might not be like a true sparkling water, it doesn't have any sugar in it. Well, what does um, that mean? It's like. As, far as I'm concerned, sparkling means carbonated. It's carbonated. It's flavored sparkling water. So no different like than any other. Sparkling but water it's by sugar. definition is, I think, are we defining pure sparkling water as having no flavor? It's got vitamin A in it. Um, it's five calories. so It's probably from whatever juice they have. Definitely tastes the best for sure. Okay, it tastes like it has sugar in it. Got it. You know, if I come over there, we could probably do an episode in person. I just thought of that. Another good Depending reason for you to dates. Hop on over. Would it be Would it be before or are you talking Christmas or? Uh, well, I was talking with Dad, and potentially, um, might try and do a, a quicker trip before um, september so we'll see nice that'd be cool anyway how was it your past be... week so no news on the car you're still bopping around today's the third day it's been at the dealership so they're not hearing the sound long enough to pinpoint exactly what it is the dealership it's... or the mechanics no the dealership so did the mechanic identify it because that's where so I... that was the last spot we were at Right. I took it to the mechanic and they looked at it and they basically said, we're pretty sure this is what it is, but without taking it all apart, we can't know for sure, but this is seems likely. And the problem was the time belt was replaced and it was new, but they didn't replace anything around the time belt. So the tensioners, the pulleys, the water pump, et cetera, and when you do a job like that, you have to make you have to replace all the parts. You can't do it one part at the a time. They all have to be in the same condition. Otherwise, it causes major problems, um, eventually leading to just you needing an entirely new engine. Um, so anyway, so that's what I thought it was. It was like a $1,500 fix. So I was like, I'm not doing this. So I took it back to the dealership. And I can't give the car back, but I can get a trade in. I'm going to lose money, though, if I do a trade-in because I've driven it 2,000 miles. Um, well you lose more than 1,500 bucks? Yeah. It was around... Well, I mean, the one vehicle that I looked at trading it in for was around like 2,000, I think. Anyway, it was close to 1,500. But either way, they shouldn't have sold me the car with a major problem like that, which was really what it came down to. And they said... I mean, they the dealership said that no, we didn't know about this. There's no way that we would have done this, et cetera, et cetera. They agreed to look at it for free. They made so they'll diagnose it for free, but they won't necessarily fix it for free. So I don't even know where I'm going to be at once they find out what's wrong with it. So welcome, but to the issue is them. The issue is them hearing the sound long enough to be able to pinpoint exactly what it is without guessing. Well, d- if they replace the time belt. Bill- and nothing else. They didn't. Isn't they that said a... they didn't, though. Oh, I see. That's what they are telling me. The mechanics said dealerships do this all the time. It is a cheap yeah, yeah. way of getting a car in and out fast. So I don't know. Um, well, they should have the detail of the labor and the parts, I would think, but maybe not. I mean, it has a service record, which they said was clean. So. Well, yeah. I mean, I, 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 that wouldn't necessarily indicate that they hadn't replaced a, you know, one thing and not the others. Yeah. So, all well, I know, they're going to find out that that is the problem, and then they're going to be like, "Yeah, this isn't covered under the warranty." So, yeah. Well, I mean, either way, way, it sounds 1500 like fifteen hundred bucks. Hundred, yeah. Which, which, yeah, whatever. Isn't the end of the world, but it is annoying. No, but it's not fun when you just dropped thousands and thousands of dollars on a brand new car. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Well, brand new being relative, but yeah. Um, True. Unfortunately, that's the way of the road for cars and uh, homes and whatnot. It should be a way of the road like 20 or 40,000 miles in, not 2,000. Never breaks just, until you buy it. That's the I just have to buy a Tesla. <laughs> yeah, because we're fixing those or not get here. Yeah, it's expensive. <laughs> I just read a headline that was, I don't even, I don't know if it was a Tesla, but it was family. Uh, like, learned the hard way, their uh, their battery broke, and I buying a new story. one costs more than the car itself. Yep. Which you just look at that and you go, what in the world? How does that work? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I want to get a motorcycle at some point. I obviously I won't anytime soon. It'll be years probably, but I definitely, I definitely want to at some point. I think it'd be super fun. I was watching a video that Josh Brolin, the actor, had. Yeah. Uh, of him riding like a, I think it was a nineteen sixty seven something or other cycle. I think it was something like that, I and mean, it was like a cool retro one, and. That's the first time in a long time that I've ever been like, that I've ever thought to myself, you well, that would be pretty freaking cool. Cause he, it looked pretty cool. The video he, uh, he had. Yeah. Um, but they are dangerous. So I feel like it would be better to have a bike like that where you're tooling around versus, you know, commuting to work in traffic and whatever else, or like a street bike. I would rather have like a cool retro bike and go for, you know, a drive and as opposed to, uh, you know be using it all the time which is just increasing likelihood of accidents and whatnot yeah no they've got very like specific i mean you can get bikes that are dual sport or they can go on rough roads but it's not very practical because you can't drive them if there's ice or yeah. ride them so they're seasonal ish yeah and the Reese, well, I guess it's a vehicle. so, but anyway, yeah. Yeah. How was Frisbee? It's on Saturday. Are you talking league or? No, no, no. On uh, Tuesday night. Yeah. So, league. Uh, it was uh, It was really good. Yeah, we had a great game. It was a pretty close game. We won by three points. The end score was 10-7. So, uh, yeah, we went four and three out of the practice games and tonight's the first game of seeding and we're playing the same team that we crushed our very first game. So hopefully we crush them again. (laughs) Nice. Okie dokie. Cambria, uh, I think, shouldn't she get you uh, like a polar chest band or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She did. She said you recommended it. (laughs) Have you tried it out? Not yet, but I uh, I need to download the app and get that started. I don't know yeah, much about it. You should use it tonight. Track your uh, track your sitch. I should. Do you have one? It's yeah, that's what I use right now. So I mean, I used Fitbit the watch for a really really long time, and I just got. I don't really enjoy wearing watches. Uh, they just, I hate how they slide around on your wrist and it's just annoying. It's, and when you're trying to type, it's annoying, blah, blah, blah. So I kind of got out of it and then I wanted something to track my workouts. And so I picked up the the polar band because it seemed like it had decent reviews compared to other options, whatever. And chest, uh, chest bands are supposed to be slightly more or somewhat more accurate than wrist uh, trackers. And eventually I want to get the whoop band because I think that one looks pretty dope, but, um, but anyway, so yeah, it's what I have. And I actually did like a shorter kettlebell leggy sort of workout this morning for just, it was like a little over 20 minutes. It's pretty short, but it was interesting because I was looking at it and compare, I was comparing it to like a soccer practice session. And so in the more weight oriented workout, I had a 28% fat burn of calories. So of the calories being burned, 28% of them uh, were fat, something along those lines, or like of the time that I was in the workout, uh, 28% of it was fat burn calories. Okay. Anyway. And, but in total, I only burned 236 calories in the 20 minutes. And obviously my heart rate was lower than when I'm running around or whatever. But comparing that to like a soccer practice of 30 minutes, it was about 10 minutes longer. I had burned about 480 or 90 calories, so close to double the calories, not quite. And I, but the uh, fat burn percentage of calories was 11%. So using weights, it doubled the fat burn percentage, well, more than double the fat burn percentage, even though it was 10 minutes shorter. I thought was really interesting, hmm. and now they, the way that they do is kind of there's a fit versus fat, so your cardio is still helping you be fit and you're moving your muscles in different ways than doing like a you know kettlebells or squats or whatever. Um, but I thought that was really interesting. So if you're trying to burn fat, you should be doing muscle stuff. Now, the other caveat I'll add is if you're doing like a high intensity cardio, which like soccer falls in that category often, versus just going on like you know a long run or something. You burn fat and calories for longer after as well. And obviously I'm not tracking that cause I took the band off. So there is a benefit there that isn't necessarily captured in the data that I share, but I thought that was really interesting. I was looking at that. This morning. Yeah, that is interesting. Huh. So, yeah. You uh, listen to anything interesting, watch anything interesting, consume any good content read anything interesting uh listen to a couple airbnb youtube videos from uh, rob built um and uh finished stranger things yeah. i uh started the terminal list what'd you uh, think at the end of the stranger okay. things uh I thought it was all right. I didn't think it held up to the build-up. Uh, maybe I was just in the like wrong mood when I watched it because I was kind of in a cynical mood. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't know. It felt like it felt like it was too way too long. Like and by the end of it, <laughs> I was like, "Is this done yet?" Um, so I definitely I don't know why they. Did a two and a half hour episode. I don't know why they didn't just split it up into a couple episodes, but um, yeah, I, uh, it wasn't terrible. I liked, I liked. Um, my favorite part about it was Eddie's. The I don't really, I didn't really like Eddie's character a whole lot, but I liked seeing the way that it developed at the la- in the last episode and how he um, kind so- of redeemed himself in his own eyes. Yes, yes. So that was probably my favorite part. Um, okay, nice. Yeah. I and liked I that the part, route- and I liked uh, Max's decision. That's probably my favorite was Max's decision. Yeah, she's yeah. a she's a badass. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I uh, I kept waiting for that group to get on the same page as the uh, oh, the Letterman jacket kids yeah i was kind of hoping because i actually kind of like like i like the whatever i don't remember his name but the main Christie's boyfriend mm-hmm. who's driving that storyline i don't i don't i like his motivations he just doesn't know what's going on but mm-hmm. his motivations aren't bad yeah, uh, yeah so i wish that instead of him just like i liked his character and i wish that of course they have so many characters at a certain point you kind of got to start a certain point it gets a little bit too many. Yeah. Um, but I, I was hoping that they would incorporate that group with the other group and that they'd all get on the same page because he just wanted to fight the evil. He just didn't know which, what it was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wondered about that, but I also liked that it showed kind of his blindness in how he interacted with the, with the situation too. Right. He kind of picked a course and ran with it. He didn't keep his mind open. Right. He picked a singular focus and he ran with it. Um, you know, even just from the like, Oh, it's a cult thing. Boom, boom, boom. And you know, he was off the races. And so, you know, and of course that ended up getting him in trouble ultimately. So yeah. I agree that I don't think his motivation was bad, but I don't think he maintain control of that motivation. I think it kind of started controlling him in a lot of ways, which blinded him to, you know, the situation to a certain extent, and certainly blinded him to, you know, um, even if it wasn't, you know, the upside down, whatever, (laughs) setting aside even that factor, right, he wasn't making room for possibly misunderstanding the situation or scenario or other alternative options, right? He was just one-dimensional which is um can be a positive thing and that it gets you know he he got a lot done he covered a lot of ground uh yeah. but he had also you know um you know put people in danger and whatnot so he's basically a second billy yeah yeah in some ways yeah cool all right and then what uh what's the verdict on Terminalist? should i give it a shot Um i mean i'm definitely gonna finish it i uh it's not it's definitely not terrible and there are a lot of things that i do like about it uh i didn't know that it was based off a book uh james has read the book so he said that it's not doing a, it's doing a pretty good job following like so they changed some of the circumstances because it's hollywood et cetera, but it's relatively speaking following the book kind of like a jack ryan type of deal yeah uh and um, I am not used to seeing Chris Pratt play a serious role, Okay. and I'm not convinced that he is, I, I'm not convinced right now that he can pull it off. Okay. Um, so it's kind of throwing me off. There's a little bit of a disconnect, so I don't know if it's just me or if he just is not good at playing a serious role because I've seen him in so many comedy roles that it's if maybe it's just me so the acting in my opinion is not at the level that i was expecting um but there are a lot of elements that i like about it um it's, oh. it's patriotic it's navy seals um etc so yeah okay cool well it's still on the, the checkout list for me all right and then okay why were you watching the airbnb uh, videos uh, well, just for general education purposes, and then trying to see if there's anything that I can and or want to invest in right now uh, without waiting another six months to a year. Yep. Uh, so I was looking at that because I was thinking about maybe I was looking at t- what it would look like to buy a tiny mm-hmm. house and then where I would put it uh, and then the kind of income that would generate what sort of, and if I was to buy something, you know, what sort of profitability it's going to have. Cause if I can only afford a basic three, three bedroom, two bathroom, 1500 square foot house in the middle of town, is that really going to generate enough income to make an investment right now worth it? Or is it worth it to wait until I can afford a nicer, more unique location and property that's going to generate mm-hmm. um, more higher rate of return and yeah. be better in the long run so i was just okay. thinking through some of those things the my first million podcast which i've mentioned before it's you know my number one favorite podcast and they uh they had a uh, sam one of the co-hosts he had a had an episode in the last few weeks with rob and another guy another kid i mean he's 25 young man i guess but um He, um, he had them on and uh, the Isaac French kid, he, I say kid 25, um, (laughs) he, he looks very young. So it's part of it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, He bought, he like with his brothers and his family or dad or something, figured out a way to buy, uh, I don't know if it was five, 10 acres or whatever in Texas, I think. And to basically make, I think it's a seven unit, Basically, destination Airbnb situation with um, with a lake on it and whatever else. And so he had a kind of a, a dual episode where both of them were on as guests, along with Sam, who you know spent one point six million to buy his twenty acres just outside, of, a little bit outside of Austin, for his Airbnb spot. So they basically call up an episode, or ninety percent of it is about Airbnb content strategy thoughts, etc. So it might be worth checking out. I just listened to it this morning. No, that sounds great. Definitely. I'll uh, have to give that a listen this week. Yeah. Um, What was the other thing I was thinking? Oh, okay. So you texted me about Chosen the other night uh, or day or whatever. And I sent you, you know, I know it was a bunch of big screenshots because it was easier than typing it all out. (laughs) Um, But did that kind of give you an answer You know, to your general question about what my thoughts are with Chosen and whatnot. So, well, maybe you can talk about it more since you know the content. I was going to read through it last night, but I watched Terminalist. No, I didn't. I was working on my Airsoft guns and I, I, because I'd ordered a couple pieces for one of them and installing them took way longer than I was expecting. So, I ended up going to bed way later than I was planning on because when I start something like that and it's not going how I expected it to I got to fix it before. Oh yeah. Totally. I just might drive me crazy if I don't get it fixed. So. Yeah, yeah no, it's the uh, job's not done till the job's done and not getting it done becomes an itch. <laughs> yes. Um, got it. Okay. Well, so, so basically for, for those listening, if you're not aware, I have a, um, or two years ago, uh, a little over, I, started a company a a handmade candle company with a friend of mine and the idea was for him to make the candles and you know do the manufacturing and shipping and whatnot handle orders and then i was going to be focused on uh the marketing you know uh, putting up the money and all the the, kind of the business side of things and then you know however many months in he moved on to do some other things because he didn't he wanted to you know has limited time and he wanted to invest that time elsewhere And so at that point I made the decision, all right, I'll just do it myself. So since then I've, you know, I have a social media gal that helps me with posts and Instagram content and stuff like that. And then fulfilling the orders, making the candles and all that stuff has been me, but I've been kind of doing it in a, on the fifth burner back sort of way. Uh, And not, you know, it hasn't been something I've been focused on. And part of that is because I kind of wanted the growth and the, uh, and the momentum of the company to be organic. I didn't really want. I was never intending to put time into having to make candles. I was never intending to. You know, I wanted it to be. It's more um, to kind of grow on its own a little bit, more, which is a stupid way um, to approach a startup because it's not how it works. Ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time. And so recently, I've been doing this. You know, I've been reading the War is Art book and a couple other things, and really understanding and, and coming to grips with the fact that I need to consolidate my focus on some more on fewer and more specific things than having a hundred different projects so for me what I want to focus on is rocket vendor which is the cold email lead gen uh, agency on this podcast on the Strategos podcast and I'd like to do some writing or some content stuff via like a newsletter or something like that in order to force myself to be more interactive and have some uh, tangible work product. And so those are the things I want to focus on and then hopefully my new job etc. And so my thought with chosen was all right, I'm either going to close it down completely and I'll maybe I'll just save the 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 IP the intellectual uh, property for, you know, a future date and or maybe there's a way to find somebody to partner with them and basically um, give them, you know, whatever substantive piece of equity for them to come in and run it. And basically, I've got the game plan in my head. I know what to do. I know the cadence. I know the things that I think are worth pursuing in order to grow it. I just don't have the time and and I don't have enough focus for it. And so, but I, I care about the brand and I care about the, you know, helping anti-human trafficking, which is uh, connected with the brand it's part of the brand. Uh, and so I posted in one of the uh, Slack groups I'm a, I'm a member of, asking, basically giving the layout, the background, some of the details around the business, and all that sort of stuff. Asking, hey, do you guys think it's worth trying to post this around to see, um, you know, if it's worth basically trying to find somebody to take this on and run it, according to, and they don't have to follow my game plan, but somebody to take responsibility for it, because I started it, I kept it alive for two, you know, two and a half years. And I have all the you know, intellectual property and all that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, I'll keep whatever percent of equity. And the main thing that came back, one of the main suggestions that came back was well, if you think this thing is worth money, which I think there is a path forward there to make some good money, then why not find somebody you could even outsource it to the Philippines for $1,000 a month and have them basically execute on the plan that seems like it's already in your head? And, you know, my answer to that is I don't have the money to do that right now. Right. I'm jobless. I'm trying to <laughs> solve that problem. And I still have other focuses. Um, I would be open to that if I had the money, but I don't. And so the question, it comes back to either closing it down or finding somebody who's willing to take on enough equity and is interested in running with it um, and scaling it. And again, I've got the concepts and, you know, and in, in I can put them on paper and whatnot. So that was kind of the, that's kind of where, where things more or less ended. Uh, I did have one of the guys offer to give me the list of uh, vetted um, Philippines uh, operators and what Philippines based operators um, that he already has from another project. So I could actually tap right into that if I had the money. Um, And they asked, you know, he was estimating about a thousand dollars a month. So, so yeah, that's kind of the, kind of the deal. Well, I mean, I like the idea I'm, I'm fr- right now, frankly, I'm kind of like itching to do something because like, I don't know. I just, I feel like I want some, I want something going like, I've got my job and it's fine. And I, I mean, it's not fine. It's great. I have a great job, um, but it's not really challenging me mentally. And I'm kind of just showing up and doing my thing and it'll get busy and it'll grow. And I'm sure there's a lot there, but it's not, it's also not my business as well, so I'm kind of feeling like I want more going on and I wanna be working on different projects and different hobbies. And I wanna start generating different sources of income as well. Um, So that I can get started on my Airbnb, it'll make it easier to get started on my Airbnb business or or real estate business, because that'll incorporate house flipping, et cetera, and all that sort of stuff. I'm just gonna get started with Airbnbs. so, but I mean, I like the, I mean, I don't know what sort of monetary value there. Cause I mean, I have the money to outsource it for you for a piece of equity. Yeah. So I don't know the, and I would hundred percent be interested in doing that. Uh, I would, obviously I don't know any sort of details, so I don't know what sort of projected income would be, uh. Generating from that <laughs> and uh like how long would it take etc cetera, etc cetera. um what type of risk is that you know but buying into a piece of a business that will generate me start generating me passive income is very appealing to me yeah well i think it's where you so there's a couple of things one is you have to be careful about the definition of passive income. Really, the only true passive income is where you're okay. spending you're money to run the business income. for you. All work, work. All right? Yeah. We'll yeah. just leave it there since that's probably the best place to start anyway. Yeah. So I think that there's kind of two scenarios for. But I mean, if it's like being outsourced to the Philippines. Yeah, but you still that need that to manage is- them, make yes. sure the work product is quality. There's still stuff um the only real passive thing is if you're doing other stuff like not even it's not even real passive the closest you can get to passive is twofold one is you know if you're investing in dividend paying stocks um and even then you have to be careful but that's a safer bet generally but it's a slow way to grow if if your goal is growth that's a slow way and then second is um if you have a platform or a community, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it is based, and you have a course, you can sell that course. That is about as close. Now you still have to update the course. You still have to drive people to the course. You still have to keep working on all of your on your platform yeah. mm-hmm. to continue to drive eyeballs. But that's you know different than like all right, we got to build a company. Here. Uh, all right. So in my opinion, there's kind of two ways. To approach and assess the risk. Because I don't even know the risk, right? I'm not a professional candle industry person. I just have a decent idea of how something like this can and should exist, how it can be run, and where the opportunities are, assuming that they are out there, which I do assume. And you've received advice from guys that do know what they're talking about, I assume, to a certain degree, at least. To a certain degree. Not as much necessarily specifically on, like, most people would not pick this company candle making because it's a physical product it's a pain in the butt to manage inventory blah 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 Um, it's shipping it it costs money to ship it because it's a heavier product than say you know a pair of um, you know flip-flops or whatever so um, or even coffee right Anton good friend of mine right he's been he's actually seen some really serious success with seven weeks coffee and um and So and he's doing that full time for this summer to see if uh, he can swing it as a as a single full time job, which is pretty cool, right? But uh, but even shipping coffee is much cheaper than shipping uh, candles. And like candles, you got to do you know potentially custom box sizes, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So it's a pain. Uh, So you know, generally that would probably be their first piece of (laughs) advice. But setting that aside, the looking at the scenario, I feel like there's two ways to to break it down. One is is if you find if there is someone out there as in which this doesn't apply to you I'm just saying this is a scenario is someone who out there who's like they do e-commerce. This is their job. This is what they've worked in for the last 5, 10, 15 years. They know the suppliers, they know the manufacturers. This is about plugging and playing for them. All right, if we do this, we do this, we do this, we push these three buttons, this is what'll happen, right? That's somebody who has a better understanding of the whole scenario, right? That's different than somebody in your position, which is basically, I think the best way to approach something like this would say would be to do something along the lines of, okay, I'm gonna set aside three to five months, right? Whatever it is worth of cost, which I might lose. The goal is not to lose it, but if in three to five months we're not seeing a real clear horizon, then that's you know. Then we're just going to close it down, right? My risk is going to stop at that point, um, mm-hmm. as opposed to like, well, let's see if it keeps working. Oh, let's see if it keeps working. Yeah, oh, let's see if it keeps working. naturally. But I feel yes. like that's how you have to approach assessment of this sort of opportunity because yeah. it's, it's it's so nascent. I haven't, you know, I think last year, I think I did, I oh, I, well, I know I did under ten thousand dollars in sales. Right now, could it have been a lot more? Probably if I was pushing the right things. Doing the right content, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean that—that's that. you, That was there wasn't any sort of like n- there wasn't any sort of net income cash for you in that, right? You were it was no, no, a, no. That's all. Yeah, no. It 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 cost more to run the business than um, right now. Yeah, yeah. And which again is not that extreme. The only real cost is the social media gal, and then you know have, you know, under a hundred dollars, under $25 for, you know, website stuff or domain stuff or Google suite stuff or whatever. Um, so, so yeah. So if you're doing it all yourself, it's totally, you could make a profit off it off day one. Of course, it's not super scalable. And I, and, well, you know, certainly don't have the creative skill set to, to make Instagram look nice and make reels and whatever else we need to do. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my thought on approaching a breakdown um, of of this opportunity because it's so small and everything. You know, if there were cash flow projections and all that sort of stuff, there'd be something to go up, but there's no such thing as a cash flow projection in this situation. It would just be uh, Yeah, it's <laughs> guessing. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of my thought. So like then you have to ask, like, all right, what is what is this opportunity going to expose me to from a skill set, from a opening my mind sort of scenario? Um, What are the opportunities that it's going to put in front of me in terms of like, I get to learn what are the five, 10 different things that we might need to pursue here. Okay. I got to figure out a little bit more about YouTube, a little bit more about Instagram, a little bit more about affiliates, influencers, whatever it is. And then, uh, all right. Then how do I manage, um, you know, An employee in the Philippines, how am I delegating work? How am I making sure that work gets done? How am I organizing the um, strategic plan in terms of we're going to do this first and we're going to do this first and we're going to do this, this, this. And then hopefully at the end of the three months, five months, whatever the heck it is, we've got, you know, we've achieved some, some real traction. Again, I think I have a. An 80% built out idea in my head of what that work needs to be and what it needs to look like and even how to organize it. I just don't have the time or even really the desire right now to put in that work. Cause I've got the other things that, um, that I want and need to focus on. So, yeah, that's kind of a deal. Makes sense. Other than those things, any other uh, interesting thoughts? I was thinking this week about, a about well relative to mental framing and getting through just an average day, if it's uh sort of slow or boring or whatever, mm-hmm. if it's not if it's not making you know the cogs wind. Uh what uh, what value and or place does a uh, uh I don't know, like if you're listening to music or if you're listening to, I guess maybe maybe daydreaming is the uh, the simplest way to frame it, but like sort of maybe you're just doing something simple with your hands, but your brain is off doing something epic, right? What uh, What value or place does not living in the moment in reality in order to get through? the monotony of yep. life and the monotony of certain days and certain moments, what uh, what does that have? What role does that play? And uh, is it a tool to be utilized or is it rather something you should discipline yourself against falling into? Did you uh, come to a conclusion? I think that my conclusion was that... It- it, uh, it, <laughs> um, it it depends. It depends on uh, the situation, and it depends on you know if, I, if I'm using something to motivate me to that's getting get me through my day. Um, if that's going to make me better at the job that I'm doing, if it's gonna. But if it's if it's not realistic, if it's not attainable, whatever I'm thinking about, you know maybe that's a waste of my, maybe that's a waste of my mental energy. And then maybe I should just force myself to live in the reality of whatever I'm doing at the moment, instead of being off somewhere else in my mind, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, a couple of things come to my mind. First of all, I think this is something that's been a function or a, a function within humanity since the beginning, because I think that's part of why we have stories and epics going back. Hundreds, you know, hundreds of years, thousands of years, et cetera, Ooh. and so uh, I totally think that that has played a role, and there's probably a reason it played has played a role. I think that there is value in the dreaming and visualization. So, for instance, oh, I wonder if I can find it. Let's see here. Uh, ah, here we go. Keating. All right, it's a quote by John Keating, and well, John Keating, <laughs> uh, John Keating is uh, Robin Williams' character in Dead Poet Society, because I just watched Ash's reaction, and he actually does this quote, um, and it goes, "The first gentleman goes." Show me the heart unfettered by foolish dreams and I'll show you a happy man. And then John replies, but only in their dreams can men be truly free. T'was always thus and always thus will be. And so I think that there is a, uh, a vision and, and an aspiration quality to dreaming, which is essentially what that is. And I've certainly used that in uh, you know throughout my life to to get through various times and i mean it's why when i was in college and i was working 30 hours a week and doing my school and everything else my, it was dreaming and vision that got me through moving forward for four or five six years of my life and it was the vision of doing counter 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 terrorism paramilitary action uh in the middle east that was you know i had visions of action and, and scenarios and strategies and interactions and all that sort of stuff. And that's what kind of kept me moving. I think where there is danger, so to speak, is where your motivation starts to come from your daydreaming versus your motivation coming from, and from that, from that distraction. We're right here. Where your motivation, you start to find motivation in that distraction versus in the dream itself. And so over time, for instance, what happened with me is I working out, for instance, and waking up in the morning and grinding and going and going and going. I went from having, you know, just personal dream, daydreaming, we'll refer to it as personal visioning and, 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 and whatnot to, all right. And I'm not quite getting the same gumption. All right. I'm listening to motivational speeches. Okay. Now I'm listening to different sorts of motivational speeches. Okay. Now I'm listening to real hardcore get up and go, you know, YouTube videos. And then, okay. Now I'm listening to, um, you know, harder and harder music. And I'm listening to not necessarily bad music, just harder and harder in terms of the beat and aesthetic of the music. Um, And after a while, because my, my, motivation and my distraction is where I was finding you know the opportunity to move on eventually it fell through and I've struggled with the same sort of motivation and you know action uh, penchant for action in the same way ever since I think I'm getting back to a better medium and I'm still that's still one of the things I'm figuring out but I think that's where there's danger is again you you become The distraction is where you find solace versus the vision being where you're finding solace. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. But there's a lot to be said for a curious mind, for a thoughtful mind. And those are minds that run on their own course at times. And there's nothing wrong with allowing that to, uh, to take place. In fact, I think it's healthy and really good. So, and if you don't practice it, then when you're faced with problems in real life, <laughs> loud muffler. Uh, when you're p- faced with problems in real life, you haven't practiced that curiosity, you know that curiosity based meandering that can sift through the grayness, sift through the options in front of you to finally settle down on whatever the solution is, um, and think through you know the problem set and whatever else. So, I think that's how I would say I think about it, at least right now. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good way to think about it. I'd agree with that assessment. But yeah, it's definitely a good thought, for sure. And I kind of miss back when I was, you know, even a child, I miss the daydreaming. I, you know, I don't daydream like that anymore. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I miss it. I miss getting lost in you know, epic stories and whatever else, it's much harder to get lost in these days. And yeah. so also it's something to, to cherish. And um, I think to a certain extent, so that's what I would say. Yeah. One of the, uh, maybe here's a good, um, one of the quotes, which I, I actually sent this to one of our group chats. So you've probably already seen it, but there's a, there is a guy named, Telamon of Arcadia. He was a mercenary of in the fifth century B.C. And I need to look this guy up because I don't think I've heard of him. But he has a quote and the quote was, it is one thing to study war and another to live the warrior's life. And I really like that quote (laughs) um, because I think you could, you know, just to tie it into this conversation uh, or this this, uh, topic. I think you could replace it's one thing to dream of a warrior's life it's another thing to live a warrior's life yeah and there that's probably you know speaks maybe even more specifically to the the question of dichotomy that you were raising totally daydream is is very good and it has its place but it can't be the whole thing uh, so So you still have to find the things that you're going to lock yourself in on. And so, which actually brings me to something. So one of the, one of the books I'm reading, right? The War of Art, which I think I read from last week. And uh, this week, one of the things, or I think it was Friday that I was reading, he talks about the qualitative difference in approaches between the amateur and the professional. So one of the things that he notes is the amateur plays, whether it's you know in art or in business or in sports or whatever. The amateur plays for fun. The professional plays for keeps. Mm-hmm. And. The amateur is a weekend warrior. The professional is there seven days a week. And, you know, you, you ask yourself, well, OK, how do I quantify that for myself? Right. And he actually drew from a guy named Somerset uh, Magum, who I believe was an, an artist or a writer. I don't think I've read any of his stuff. And somebody asked him, like, "Hey, do you just write when the, you know, when inspiration strikes, or you know, how does it work, or whatever?" And he says, "I write only when inspiration strikes. Fortunately, it strikes every morning at nine o'clock sharp." <laughs> <laughs> And so I think that, right, there becomes a blending there of the will to execute, sit down and work on your project and the, um, and the fact that discipline is what, you know, actually creates room for your mind to even think and, you know, envision creatively and helpfully versus just sitting there doing nothing. And it ends up being just a vision of, you know, clouds. And there's no real substance to it. So and, and, and one of the things that I liked about that, which he talks about as well, a little bit further on is. He. He, he talks about the fact that. The. The professional, when he's playing, when he's playing for keeps, right, the stakes are real. But for the amateur who's doing it when he feels like it, who's just always talking about it, never actually doing it, cough cough, Britain with chosen candle, um, right? The the stakes for the amateur are illusionary and fake because there are no stakes because he's not taking any action. <laughs> um, and so, I think that that's a really good between those two examples, really good uh, expose. You know, obviously. Truncated and short, but expose on the you know what it means to act like a professional. What it means to both be visionary and love what you're doing, and be engaged with your, what you're doing, but then also doing something with it versus again just being the the kiddo who talks. So, so yeah, that was one of the things that I feel like kind of funnily enough uh, kind of fits into the question you were raising. And no, totally. again, in the book, his big thing is talking about resistance, right? Capital R. And mm-hmm. he says, I despise resistance. I will not let it phase me. I will sit down and do my work. It's kind of the the approach and the attitude or mentality of the professional or of Somerset or of, you know, whoever, you know, whatever your name is and whatever your project is. And yeah. so I think that that's a really, uh, a really good mental frame to have in, you know, in connection with dreaming and having visions and getting through the, the things in front of you. Because again, there's a certain extent where dreaming, I think, does lead you down a path of, oh, <laughs> um, down a path of, oh, this doesn't work. And what I'm doing is sucks compared to the vision I have. Why am I not just working on my vision? And so if the, you know, again, the disconnect there is if what you're doing now is connected to that path and you're motivating yourself and you're moving yourself forward because nine o'clock you're sitting down at your chair and you're executing on your work. uh, Even if it's maybe not your favorite, because it's moving you forward towards that vision versus maybe they're becoming a greater and greater rift between the two where you actually live a miserable life. You just distract yourself with, you know, whatever it is. It makes me think of fight club. (laughs) That's uh, sort of the premise of it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great, uh, great example. And as usual, right? Things in life are normally, or often more complicated, or they can feel or become more complicated. Mosquito just bit me. (laughs) Um, They become more complicated, or are more complicated, and or at least feel more complicated. But at the end of the day. You either did or did not get in, you know, this morning, my 20 minute workout, you either did or did not sit down and study this company for the case study that I had to do for an interview that I had this morning, either did or did not, you know, uh, put together the post in the group Slack channel last week asking about this business, op- you know, the business opportunity to have chosen and, you know, how to maybe approach thinking about it if there was an opportunity there, get feedback, right? I could have sent that post three weeks ago. Did I? No, but once I set it down, it actually got done and moved the conversation forward. Now I can either sit on that conversation for another three, five, 10, 15 weeks, or I can either take action, close it down, move it forward, whatever. So, so yeah. Uh, I don't know that I have a big conclusion to that, but, but I thought that that's a strong, um, Strong feedback in terms of, again, taking the things that we're reading or watching and taking the principles and actually using them versus just saying, well, yeah, if I was in Fight Club, then I would realize what was going on, right? Right. (laughs) Uh, Or whatever. How was your uh, cigar? It was really good, yeah. What are some of the thoughts that you think you're going to have post this conversation on this topic and or specific aspects? of your own life. I think that I will endeavor to eliminate the the daydreaming that is or the dreaming, I'll say dreaming, that is that involves action that I'm never gonna take. And instead replace that with with dreaming that involves action that I am taking or that, yeah, action that I am taking right now, or I'm going to take. What's um, what's an example of that, of a, a dream thought that you feel like doesn't fall in that category? Well, sometimes, well, as an example, you know, I'll have an idea for a business that maybe I want to start, or maybe I want to invest in. And I can spend all day thinking about it, and uh, it can be just a delusion of grandeur because the next day, or even at the end of that day, I am um, inst- instead of instead of working my workday and then coming home and studying, doing research on the business, uh, educating myself, pursuing what it would look like if I'm just going to come home and, you know, sit in a chair and scroll through YouTube or go watch a movie with a friend or, and then just forget about it. Then that emotional, uh, that I guess that dopamine hit I got <laughs> throughout my day from thinking spending time thinking about that wasn't really useful. And uh, instead just, gave me a mental crash because i just feel bad that i i felt really great about this idea but then i didn't don't do anything with it and then it's uh it's just a waste of it's just a waste of emotional energy and brain power that makes sense Jocko had this post or Jocko fuel did i'll see if i can play it into the mic here because uh, it talks about the dope free dopamine hit Free dopamine out there you can grab a hold of, you can you can scroll through that phone, you can nibble on that freaking sugary, tasty treat. Get that dopamine fine, you can do it that way. Gets you nothing. In fact, it does get you something in the long run. It gets you trashed mentally and physically. Don't go for that little easy free dopamine. No free dopamine. Earn it. Earn it doing push-ups, earn it doing burpees.
1: I was oh, like, that's good. Heck yeah.
0: <laughs> so I like yeah. that. Yeah. Got to earn that, uh, earn that dopamine. I've been on the same thing, man, which is funny, right? I, how did I see that scrolling through Instagram? So, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, right. But, uh but still, one of the things that uh, on my end that I've been trying to do is in the same kind of trying to cut out the, trashy dopamine is I'm not scrolling through stuff if I see something I'm allowing myself to click on it but I'm not gonna keep scrolling I'm gonna get out of it as soon, you know, like as soon as it's done I'm back uh, I'm not picking up my phone so to to waste time doing it and one of the things that this past uh it Tuesday yeah so no Monday yesterday I wait no today's Tuesday right so yeah yes. okay yeah, yeah, sorry <laughs> Yesterday, I had to do this case study and present like a presentation on a case study for a, for a job interview. And it was going to be about five, six hours of work. And basically, I put my phone on Do Not Disturb. I turned off my music and I locked in, which I haven't locked in like that or really needed to because no real um, deadlines or whatever for a lot of things that I've been working on the last way too long. And, um, and so, or externally imposed deadlines, I've had my own and then I let them roll by. Um, but that's one of the, one of the things I did and it felt really good to say, I just crushed four or five hours worth of work, uh, with minimal interruption, you know, again, do not disturb on my phone. I wasn't checking Instagram. I wasn't scrolling through YouTube. I wasn't opening Facebook to see if someone posted one of the groups I'm in or, you know, entrepreneur groups or, you know, whatever, none of it. And I actually have the capacity to do that sort of work. Um, it took effort and it helped that I had a pretty serious executing, you know, executable deadline. <laughs> um, but it still was a great example of like, I earned the dopamine from saying, hey, I did that versus how it would have felt if I spent it like every other Monday morning, which is, you know, scrolling through this, I'm getting caught up. I'm learning some stuff by scrolling through my Twitter feed and looking at my newsletter subscriptions. and. Whatever, instead of actually doing something. Yeah. So, cool. All right. Well, we're at an hour here. I think we're uh, we're good to wrap up. Any uh, any final thoughts or anything? Uh no. I think uh, my conscience is clear. Cool. I had a a topic uh, on uh, on branding and uh, marketing voice conundrums, but uh, maybe I'll save that for another day. Because it would probably take a little bit too long. So anyway, cool. All right. Well, thank you everybody for joining us, for listening in, for tuning in to listen, etc. And just a reminder, we do do these live on YouTube Tuesday nights, typically between seven fifteen and eight o'clock p.m. Uh, Eastern. And it kind of depends on your schedule with uh, frisbee and everything. But other than that, you know, if you've got notifications on, you'll uh, you'll get notified when we go live. You can jump in the chat. There is always a little bit of a delay, but hey, that's uh, part of technology. And that way you can ask us questions live, join in on the actual conversation, uh, maybe challenge our thinking a little bit. And other than that, if you want to connect, uh, have a question or anything like that, shoot me a DM. Information is down below in all the various descriptions. And uh, this is fun. We, uh, we appreciate you guys listening. So, all right. Take care.